You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the fabulous Feinstein's 54 Below. Before we get started this evening, just a polite reminder, please take this moment to silence your cell phones. Also, there is no flash photography, please. Please welcome Amy Spanger. Welcome to the Feinstein's 54 Below podcast, where we take you behind the scenes at Broadway Supper Club. I'm Kevin Ferguson, an assistant programming director here at 54 Below, and our guest today is the leading lady, Amy Spanger, y'all. She has appeared on Broadway shows, including roles like Roxy in Chicago, Bianca in Kiss Me Kate, Miss Wormwood in Matilda, and Sherry in Rock of Ages, and Holly in The Wedding Singer. It just goes on and on, along with she is a Drama Desk nominated actress who who is a veteran of eight Broadway shows and originated Susan in Tick, Tick, Boom off Broadway. And she's appeared in television shows like The Blacklist, Chicago Med, Law & Order SVU, and so much more, including shows like Reefer Madness, the movie musical, just on and on and on. She's also an actor in love with another actor living in New York City. We're going to talk all about it. Everybody give it up for the Amy Spanger. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for saying all that lovely stuff that I wrote. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of course. Thank you for reading that. Yeah, no. No, we have to give you your credits. That is amazing. Just alone, what we already said, the eight Broadway shows, the Drama Desk nomination, the Law & Order SVU, which is like every actor's dream to do that at least once. I've done it two times. Twice? I've done it twice. Wow. Yeah. I have, yeah. Wow, that is yeah. so awesome. I need to catch your episodes. I need to see it. Let me, yeah. There's Amy. I love that moment when you're watching yeah. Law & Order SVU and you see a familiar face from Broadway. You know what I mean? It's like every time. <laughs> it's like every single time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That is so awesome. Well, welcome. You're coming back with a new cabaret show at Fine Signs 54 Below. Is this the first time since the pandemic you're going to be getting back on stage or have you been able to get back on stage since? It's been a long time. It's the first time since the pandemic for sure, but it's been a little bit longer because my mom got very sick a little bit before Mm -hmm. the pandemic started. And then she passed away right at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. So it was kind of like super dark yeah. moment for me. Yeah. Sorry, not to bring it way down. No, let's it. talk about it. But the show that I'm doing at 54 Below is going to be about coming out of the darkness into the light. Yes. You know? yes. And I feel like we can all relate to that having been through what we've been through. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't really feel safe to act or sing in front of people. I did it still, mm-hmm. uh, but I did it kind of like badly <laughs> for a little bit. And I did not book any work because like, there was something just pressing on my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm such an honest gal, yeah. like at, in terms of being like a performer and in terms of being person and so my instrument is connected to my heart so i feel like i was protecting that Mm -hmm. a little bit by not getting on stage and and doing stuff but pandemic actually provided beautiful time so that i could grieve and heal and and i'm feeling really excited about yes on stage i'm so excited yeah no it's gonna be great i think we're all excited to see you you have a resume with shows and roles on it individually all of them are just such strong presences on stage we miss amy spanger on stage okay that energy you bring yeah that energy (laughs) that she is able to bring on stage is so affectious and i know audiences are moved by your voice and they are going to be very excited to see you and welcome you back on the stage miss amy Oh my God. I'm hoping that I don't cry to start. No, with. we're hoping you <laughs> like, do cry. Come on, bring the tears. Come on. But like, but like do it a little later yeah. in the show. You know, okay. like don't get up on stage and start falling. <laughs> like cool it. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. But I think it would be understood, especially after, you know, what happened to your family right at the top of the pandemic, and then to go through the whole pandemic, everyone will understand the vulnerability that you're bringing on the stage and will appreciate it. And yeah, it's going to be yeah, so awesome. So I'm going to talk about it. I'm yeah, just be I'm just gonna be like, this is me. So how did you go about creating a set list for the show? Since it's been so long, it's going to hold a lot of weight to get back on stage. How'd you decide which songs you're going to bring us? I'm still deciding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in the process of deciding, but the guy that I'm working with, Paul Massey, is Kandranev aficionado. He has like a direct line to John Kander. And we were supposed to do just a Kandranev concert over the summer that was canceled due to COVID. So we just started like figuring out all these beautiful Kandranev songs and some very obscure and... I wanted to do maybe this time. Mm. He was like, maybe not. Everybody (laughs) does it. And I was like, okay. But yeah, we were able to choose these beautiful songs that represent moments in my life. So there's a ton of Kendernab. There's some Cold Porter. There's a little bit of rock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Gotta do it. And there's like some obscure. There's some from Steel Pier. Mm Mm-hmm. That Deborah Monk. Okay, did. okay. That is just, it's like a one off, mm-hmm. like Kandra Neff song. And I was like, what's the context? Because I hadn't seen Steel Pier. Yeah. It's called Everybody's Girl. And it's kind of like the grown up version of Bianca yes. a little bit. Because she likes men mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. She's very vocal <laughs> about it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So I was like, what's the context? And Paul was like, Fred just wanted to write Deb an incredible song. Mm. And it's a one off. So it's, this brilliant, really funny song. So I'm doing that. And then I'm going to do a Chicago section. Yes. With Miss Lana Gordon. Let's talk about it because that's a Roxy Velma dream team. Okay. Like that is so exciting. I know. (laughs) I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it hard. Yeah. I really am feeling it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we don't really know each other. I just reached out to her because I saw that Tina Fey concert that they did Mm -hmm. a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. 
where shows are performing in front of their marquees. And she was the Velma for Chicago. And she was brilliant and just sounded like a dream. And physically, it was just perfect. And I was like, I want to know her. So I just like, <laughs> I sent her a DM. We weren't even friends on Instagram, but I DM'd her. And she like got right back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're going we're gonna to sing a couple songs. And then we're going to dance, I think. Yes. I mean, because Chicago, the training for that role, was that the hardest training? Was that the most specific training? I'm looking at all your roles. I would imagine Fosse and that role just without Fosse. What was the training like? Well, I actually was part of the classes that led up to the show Fosse. Mm. I was picked out of Chet Walker's theater dance class. He just plucked me out at 23 and I had never done a Broadway show and I was in a class with all these Broadway people and the first day of class Gwen Burden came was there and I was like oh my god right (laughs) and she just talks to do the fru walks across the floor so Gwen Burden walks into the room casual (laughs) (laughs) with you being a newcomer at that moment did that shake you in your boots or did that inspire you more it didn't shake me in my boots. I just was like, I want to be her. I want to be close to her. Because I saw Damn Yankees when I was 19. I did that show up in New Hampshire, like before I moved here. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be her. I want to do what she does. I want to sing, dance, and act all together, same time. And do comedy and be sexy. And she was a quintessential Broadway star. So I just wanted to learn from her and absorb everything I could. And also we did Change Your Way of Living from All That Jazz one day in class. Anne Ranking, Annie came in and taught it to us. (laughs) And then we danced for her. I hadn't really done anything huge in New York yet, but I was like, I have made it. I have done it. Like I was just levitating, like walking down the street. So it's those New York moments. Totally, totally. But that training was just like a foundation for so much. And when Chicago came around and was auditioning, I had taken another class with Anne Rankin where she taught Hot Honey Rag, a combination from Hot Honey Rag and all that jazz. And so when they had me come and audition for it, I was like, I know it. (laughs) Had a leg up, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And she remembered me and... That connection was clear. She was like certainly a cheerleader for me Mm -hmm. in my career. And I booked it. I booked actually, I first booked the standby for Roxy and Velma. Mm -hmm. Somebody was doing a play. So I came in and I did six weeks standby. I never went on. (laughs) They just put like all the other people on. I never went on. I had a beeper. Wow. But I learned the both and I was just around the cast and it was incredible. But then I replaced... Marianne Lamb in the Cell Block Girls as June. And then from there, I booked the tour as Roxy because I was rehearsing Roxy and they had people come in and watch me rehearse Roxy as an understudy. And so then they had me do the tour. So it was a dream come true. Yes, that is such an iconic role. And as a dancer, would you at the time consider yourself a dancer when you first took that one, that invited to that first Fosse class. Yeah. How long had you been dancing? Like, when did you start dancing? I started dancing kind of late. I was like 14. 
but I was a gymnast from like five to 12. So I had that foundation. I took a little bit of ballet. It was very natural. It all came very naturally to me. So yeah, it started late, but I came here as a dancer and I was going to dance halls and then I would sing and people were like, you should go to the singer hall (laughs) with that voice. And I was like, oh, okay. So um, like I had no idea because I didn't go to school. I just like moved here on a whim mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. be a proper star. And I knew two people and I had $2,000 for my hometown bank. And wow. I started waiting tables and circling auditions and the non-equity auditions and the backstage magazine, which is like an actual paper. And I booked my first Broadway show in two years. That two years in is... That's amazing. Yeah. And yes, you know, it's two years and 10 months. It's not three. You know, down I, to the day. Well, I gave myself long. a goal to do it in three. Mm-hmm. And I did it like within wow. three. Yeah. Amy, that is amazing. Isn't that cool? I think you, yeah, you don't hear that story a lot now. Like now the new Broadway formula is what school you went to and yeah. how they transitioned you into the city and helped with all that. The idea of Which skipping all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend doing that, kids. Do that. <laughs> Yeah. I got very lucky. I got like really lucky. And then to have a goal for yourself of three years, which a lot of people would say is really ambitious. And you did it with two months to spare. did it. Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. And what show was that? Sunset Boulevard. Wow. Yeah. And of all shows to start off with such a beautiful show. I know. Incredible. Incredible. And Betty Buckley had just come in. And Mm -hmm. so I got to just like, the ensemble was like on stage with her for those big mm-hmm. musical moments that she had. And so I'm just like, watch her do mm-hmm. her magic. Yeah. Just incredible. Wow. Right. Brilliant. Okay. So being there for that moment, but still being in the Broadway world now, all the way in 2021, do you feel any kind of culture shift on Broadway with the community at all? Or do you feel it's still kind of the same resilient? force that you came to the city with how Um, it moves and the culture and the people do you feel like it's a little different now back then they had a lot more money (laughs) they paid people really well and they had a lot of money to put into sets costumes everything Mm -hmm. like all the elements and i feel like that has changed a lot i don't know how or why it's changed so much but i also feel like ticket prices are too high just was yeah. way, way too high. Like, yeah. I want to see the Talking Heads musical, American Utopia. I want to see that, but I've looked up tickets and they're like, hundred, yeah. seven hundred. I'm like, no, I can't. So yeah. I just want it to be more available to everyone, to not just yeah. rich people. I would like that to happen. Yeah. Broadway is such a commercial force right now. We have shows that people are really willing to spend a lot of money to see them, which is awesome. Theater art is expensive and you definitely should cut these artists what they are right to claim. But yeah, how the artist was to go support the shows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me, they're like, what are you going to see? I'm like, I can't at the moment because like, I can't afford it. I can't afford to go at the moment. Mm -hmm. I get tickets from people and I will go and they give me, you know what I mean? <laughs> Same. Yeah. Oh, it's a comp. It's a comp ticket. Yeah, I okay. Here comp. I come. <laughs> I love a comp. Yeah. But we're going to see Mary Wines of Windsor on Friday Ooh. and that's like mm-hmm. free, free theater. Yeah. How about that? Right. You know? <laughs> okay. 
what a concept yeah gotta get it while it's hot yeah and also, like in terms of you're asking me about broadway i just think they should have people play the roles who have trained their whole lives to mm. do that and i know that it puts like the asses in the seats to have like a big celebrity come in but i don't know maybe like a little less of that would be good maybe yeah you know? yes i maybe. totally understand okay. <laughs> yes Definitely. And I think you also have a strong grasp on people who have done the work and the study because you're teaching master classes and coaching people now. So it's really important to you to see the work happening on the stage and not just the celebrity happening. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes there's a rare occurrence where a celebrity is very talented in terms of singing and acting and sometimes even dancing and that celebrity will get to do the role. And and I'm like, yes, of course, more power to you. But yeah, I'm coaching now, which has been Mm -hmm. my pivot during COVID. And Mm -hmm. it's been really wonderful. It's been really, really lovely. I have some like star people, stars in the making. It's exciting. It's exciting. What's the style of your class or your course? I'm just acting through song, ladies, but I can warm people up. But it's mostly Mm -hmm. I talk about the acting, like you have to be grounded in something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got to have like intention. You got to know what you're doing, who you're talking to, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It's been really wonderful. It's been, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I've had that during this time. This little community that I've built, (laughs) you know, here in my apartment Mm because we're not like in person yet but it's been really lovely and one of my students just got into NYU yes yeah one of my students just did like a songwriting NYU summer thing and Mm -hmm. another one of my students just did Scotland's summer musical theater program Mm -hmm. and so it's going good Oh, I know you're so proud that is probably so exciting to be able to be a coach and see your team win yeah That is so awesome. So the mentoring, do you think that could ever lead to full teaching at an institution or do you just want to stick to teaching masterclasses here and there? I never say never. I don't really know. I can't tell the future. I'm not psychic. (laughs) But you never know. I mean, I feel like I'm an actor, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep doing that. I love it. So my foot will always be there. And I think people who move on to that, maybe don't really have the time to do the acting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm thinking probably I'm going to stick with acting and do that still like on the side. Mm-hmm. You're acting, you still have it, you still can do it. Why retire and start teaching when you still can do it? You're still out there and exactly. loved and your resume is so stacked and you already have such a skill set with film and everything and TV as well. Yeah. Do you feel a preference between stage work or screen work? At the moment, because I've done so much stage work, I think Mm -hmm. I would like to do more TV and film, for Mm -hmm. sure. I feel like that's been the goal. So, yeah. But it's the right project for me, for theater, and, like, the right people, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I like to be around kind people and like-minded, creative Mm -hmm. people. So I tend to be a little bit picky about that. Yeah. (laughs) But I just love it. And Mm -hmm. I've actually been doing some play readings over Skype during the pandemic. And plays Mm -hmm. for a lady my age are really good. (laughs) Well, theater right Mm -hmm. now for somebody who's, I just turned 50, just so you know. 
Amy, happy 50th. Come Thank on. You. All right. Come on, 50. <laughs> I need your skincare regimen. Jesus, I would have never. <laughs> Thank you. Amy. Thank you. Just trying to be like honest about it. Because mm -hmm. people what? can yeah, look it up. The... You can look it up. So it's like whatever. Yeah. But somebody who's 50, a woman who's 50 in musical theater, there's not a lot at the moment. Mm. There's not a lot. There's like mm -hmm. two, three jobs right now. Um, all my friends are playing them. And I'm like, I love you. That's great. But, you know, there's more to do with plays and with TV and film. But if some musical thing comes up, I will, of course, do it. Yeah. Well, I feel like looking at your amazing resume, I can see you playing all of those roles. Is there a role that you know, though, that you could slay, though some people would not assume you could do like, is there a song or something that or a character that you've always wanted to play that you feel a little miscasty for, but you, to your heart, you know, you could do it. It's not something I feel miscasty in. It's Audrey and Little Shop, of course. <gasps> Definitely. That is yeah. not a miscast at all. No, no. And I got super close. It was between me and Carrie Butler the last time around. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, I didn't get it. But it's one of those roles where it's just in my blood, in my bones. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for an actor, it's endless. The choices you get to make as Audrey in that show, you get to have so much fun in that yeah. role. So yeah. yeah, well, she's like I tragic totally and she's funny and she's uh -huh. sexy and she gets to sing her ass off. You know? Yes, <laughs> like it's just, yes, that's a really great part. All of yeah, the drama so, yeah. that would be very exciting to see. Yeah. Ooh. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> How can we make this happen? We got to get some Little Shop songs in your show or something. I think that could definitely still there, be. There might be. Still... There, oh, there, might, there might be already. Okay. Just so you know. Don't Just give so away you know. too many secrets. Okay. We're not going to spoil any more about the set list. Your <laughs> listeners have already. Sorry. They've heard it. Okay. Now you guys just got to come and see the show and see what she's yeah. going to give you. Yeah. No more spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. But that come, is amazing. Come. Yes. So you have one guest which was Lana. Do you have any more guests? Is your husband My potentially going to... He's coming, yeah. He's going to be again. He's coming. We're figuring out what we're going to do together, what sort of duet mm -hmm. we'll do. Because that is so romantic, the yeah. idea of two actors falling in love and still acting, both of them still pursuing the acting life and yeah. holding each other up and supporting each other. Yeah. Uh, How did you meet? Did Broadway bring you together or was it just a random coffee shop? We were doing an out-of-town tryout for a show that never came in, that should have come in. Damn it. It was called Robin and the Seven Hoods. And it was, at okay. the, it was at the Globe, the old Globe, 10 summers ago. Wait, 11 summers ago. We'll be 10 years married September 4th. So, yeah, we met, and I saw him dance. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's it. He's with me forever. And I told him. <laughs> <laughs> you're mine now. I did. I was like, you're, you're actually mine. So let's figure this out. And we were with other people at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. We One of people. those love stories. Yeah. So like, <laughs> we had to make some calls and it was awkward, but it was just, it was right. We were with the wrong mm -hmm. people. And then we. Absolutely. Now we're with the right it's an energy like that that reminds you this is the wrong situation this is the energy i deserve or that i want exactly you gotta go what's best for you and now 10 years later still going strong yeah yeah he's gonna be in the show with you 
Yeah. You guys are going to sing something beautiful. You have a short list of duet songs, but we're not even going to yes. mention the short list. Okay. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. But do you think it's going to be something comedic or like a ballad? Ballad. Yeah. Mm, yes. It's going to be a yes. That's so exciting yeah. oh, and so romantic, especially after the COVID quarantine year we had. I think a lot of people in relationships have a whole new layer of love for the person they had to hang out with a lot last year. Well, you know, if, you, if it was not right, these people are not together anymore. Exactly. I have friends who had just moved in together, a new relationship. And they're going strong. I'm like, okay, you're good. You're good. And for Brian and me, it was really hard, of course, but it was great. I mean, we laughed a lot. We mm -hmm. hung out a lot. And we, we mm -hmm. love each other. So and we liked each other. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. That makes me smile. That's so sweet. <laughs> so do you guys get to go out since the city is opening up a little bit more? Have you had a date night to see a show? Is there a show that you're excited is coming to Broadway? Potentially um, you might take them to? I do want to see Passover Broadway. Uh, I didn't see that. I haven't. I did see Passover. You have? Do you love yes. it? Yes. Okay. It was amazing really? i thought it was really something just refreshing for broadway not even to give any of the storyline away i walked into the theater and there was rap music playing as the house music oh, cool. and i had never experienced that at a broadway theater before i just felt like wow we might be in some new times and then the curtain came up and the content that was on the stage i was like oh we are in new times yeah and is it an it entire felt, it felt nice like cast of people of color? Well, it's a very small cast, but there's three characters and two black guys, and then there's one white character. And I say okay. one white character because I thought it was really cool, not to give away too much, but I saw in the program there was a white woman and a black man, but the white woman never came on stage. I looked in the program and the white woman is the white man's understudy. Oh, it's so cool. Which I feel like that's a whole different show if you go yeah. see her on stage. So now I got to go see it again with her. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's very race-based. So, so Yes, it's very race-based. So the fact that it's a white woman, I definitely feel like that's a different element than the person who plays the role. Now, do you feel a way, because you've said you've understudied and standby so many roles do you feel a different energy or anything when you're coming in originating a role versus coming in and taking over a role that someone has already originated do you feel that or yeah i've done both kind of equally and it's always better to originate of course it's better mm -hmm. to like be on the ground floor of something and create it yourself mm -hmm. and create it with everyone else and have that collaboration and I had the experience where I come in um, to replace somebody and I'm welcomed with open arms and just like, do what you do. And then I've had the experience where I come in and they're like, no, you can't do any of that. None of that. Mm -hmm. So they note, 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 note. And I'm like, ah, oh, they don't want me mm -hmm. at all. So I definitely prefer to be at the ground floor and create something mm -hmm. brand new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because I feel like if you come in and replace a role or whatever the term is, I feel like you have to really stay true to what the previous person did. And yeah. do you feel like there's a lot of room to bring your own self in? 
Have you had the opportunity to do that? Do you, as an it actor, kind of make sure that happens? It depends on management. It depends on mm-hmm. the director and the associate directors. Sometimes they're very open, just like don't want that person. We want you to bring what you do in to it. And then sometimes they're just very like by the book. Matilda is very, very, you cannot stray. Wow. <laughs> wow. So this was the first time I experienced that. And the story was beautiful. The story was so stunning and the production was so stunning. And I was so grateful to be a part of it. I'm grateful mm-hmm. to work with all those children. They were incredible. Okay. And the cast was amazing. But that element of it was a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel like yeah. I could really, people would come and see me. And I was like, it wasn't really what I wanted to put out there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being like, no, I totally, no, that is, <laughs> this is what we need to hear. This yeah. is what the people want to hear. Yeah. It's okay. hard. Yeah. And it, it, there's I so mean, many other factors too. There's a lot of factors when you're right. an actor and all the people who have input in the artistic integrity of the show. Right. Right. Well, they kept saying to me, they were like, your audition is so good. Why don't you just do what you did at the audition? And I was like, mm. oh, <laughs> it was just, it was insane. It was, yeah. It was not cool. But like you said, the production was beautiful. The set design, the costumes. Do you have a favorite costume that you've worn in a particular character? Probably the blue peignoir from like that beautiful like gossamer robe mm-hmm. from Kate. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's just fabulous. It's so fun being an actor, getting to dress up in those costumes and play the different characters. It's just yeah. And it's, it's an experience only an actor or an artist would really understand just playing dress up as a full adult playing dress up. Totally. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. You know, so I can play. Just I can play. Costume. Keep playing. Right. Yes. The thing about starting from the ground up is that those costumes are built for your body. Right. And, the, and yeah. the wigs and the hair, everything's built. When we did the costume parade, it's like the mm-hmm. first day, like on a Broadway show where everybody shows up and they just walk through in their first outfit. I had really short blonde hair, spiky blonde hair at the time, and I had this beautiful red kind of long pompadour wig, and mm -hmm. I just was transformed. I mean, like Mm -hmm. completely transformed. So it was just, yeah, so exciting. And it's so fun to see, because then you take the wig off and you get to meet the real Amy, and you're like, wow, you're a whole (laughs) different person. It's just so, I love that part. I love to see someone transform. I could just sneak out. Sometimes people did not even know it was me. They were like, are you? Yeah, so that was fun. You really transformed. Well, listen, we are excited to see you transform again on our tiny little stage at the Broadway's favorite supper club, Feinstein's 54 Below. I love it. This is going to be a cabaret experience y'all are not going to want to miss. You're mentioning writers like... Kander and Ebb and Jonathan Larson and Cole Porter and then duets with your husband. And then the title is hilarious. How did you come up with the title? <laughs> Amy Spanger sings her it's, face off. It was an expression from the 90s. I don't know if oh. like, you probably were too young for it, but it was an expression <laughs> from the 90s. Like when I was doing Rent, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. you're singing your face off. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just an expression. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? And it's sort of like aspirational too, because we've been hanging out and not performing. So it's just like, right. I'm going to get up and I'm going to sing my face off. 
Yes, yes, I love that. Okay, and I also love asking everyone that comes on here, what would you tell someone being an actor if they're too scared to go out to the audition or too scared to move to New York? What would you say to ease that fear a little bit in them? I've done a lot of stuff scared. Yeah. And just keep showing up to show up. And and you can be scared sometimes. I tell the, you know, like the fear or the the trepidation in my belly. It's just like beautiful butterflies that are free, that want to be free. So just keep going. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me today. Kevin, I loved it. I love talking to you. Listen, we're excited to see you perform at the club. Y'all can catch Amy and Amy Spanger sings her face off September 19th at seven o'clock at Feinstein's 54 Below. Get your tickets. The box office is open right now. It's a great team. They'll help you out and grab those tickets. You're not going to want to miss this. Amy, tell them. Tell them they're not going to want to miss it. Come. Please come. Please come. <laughs> yes, I promise. Yes. I'll make you laugh. I'll make you cry. There will be all the feels. I promise. Yay! Oh, <laughs> all right, Amy. Well, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna chit chat with you another time, okay. and I cannot wait to see your show. You've been listening to the Fine Science Fifty Four Below podcast, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.